Good afternoon, welcome to the lunchtime service here at All Souls. Welcome if you regularly meet with us Thursday by Thursday. Welcome if you're joining us, perhaps for the first time, tuning in online in these days of social distancing and self-isolation. It's good, isn't it, to pause in the middle of the week to stop, to listen to God's word and to see what he has to say about the world and about himself. My name's Ali Gledhill. I help to lead these lunchtime services, uh, and I'd love for you not to be a stranger, uh, even though we've got this distance uh, of video between us. Uh, please do drop me a line at workplace at allsouls.org is a way to keep in touch in these days. I've been reading the Psalms over these past few weeks, and uh, Psalm 24 has been a big help and encouragement to me. Uh, I wanted to start our time together just by reading a couple of verses uh, from the beginning of Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? who may stand in his holy place. The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false God. If you've been with us these past few weeks, you'll know that we've been in a little series of questions for life. Uh, what would Jesus say to various people? And today is the last of those. What would Jesus say to Elon Musk? He's the inventor, the technologist, the entrepreneur. And we have something to learn about the world that we live in, the God who made it. And as we live, really aware at the moment of the brokenness of the world that we live in and the brokenness within ourselves, looking for one who may ascend the mountain of the Lord. And I hope in our time together, we'll be able to set our eyes on him and see the hope that we have. To do that, I'm going to read from Matthew's Gospel. And Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 to 30. Uh, if you have a Bible with you, please do open it. If you've got a web app, uh, look it up. Matthew 11, 25 to 30. I'm going to say a word of prayer, then I'll read those verses. And then we'll look at them together. So let me pray. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Our Heavenly Father, we pray that you would speak to us by your Spirit of your Son for our good and for your glory. And we ask it in his name. Amen. So Matthew 11 from verse 25. Uh, at that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, 
for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. It sounds like the stuff of science fiction, or even of a superhero story. In the world of technology and of innovation in industry, there are few figures more influential and impressive than Elon Musk. Few people more controversial, either. Musk made his money initially as part of the team behind the online payment system PayPal. When he sold up soon after the turn of the millennium, Musk took home $165 million. And what he's done with his money since is nothing short of extraordinary. He's founded the car manufacturer Tesla. From the bottom up, Tesla is all about electric cars and an electric charging network. They're working on self-driving cars. And although there's competition in those fields, he has been and is at the cutting edge of them. But that is small fry compared to his broader ambitions. He founded SpaceX, which builds rockets for space travel. He wants to put a network of satellites in the sky around the Earth so that anyone, anywhere, can have access to fast-speed internet connections. He's making reusable rockets. And if you see the videos of these things, they are extraordinary. Uh, as they re-enter the Earth's atmosphere, they find their way back towards their base and they self-right and land perfectly back in the spot that they were launched from. It's a far cry from the 1960s with those tiny lunar landing modules that just splashed in the sea somewhere. But Elon Musk fascinates me and he's gripped the scientific community because his ambitions are literally out of this world. The goal of his space rocket business is not simply to reach Earth's orbit and to launch satellites there. He wants to establish a base first on the moon and then on Mars for human beings to live and to develop society there. What interests me in that as a Christian is that Musk's motivation for doing so is that he believes Earth needs an insurance policy. He thinks that there is a real risk that we will destroy our planet. So he wants to, in his terms, plant a seed population somewhere else in order to guarantee the survival of the human race. And with the financial resources behind him and the technological advances that we've been seeing in recent years, it is quite possible that his goal might be achieved in the next few decades. He literally has a hope for humanity that is outside this world. And before we start to think about what Jesus might have to say about that as we turn to the Bible, I want to pause for a moment and consider our reaction to it. Because we live in a world that has changed so much, even within my lifetime. 
The computing power that we have in our smartphones is greater than that which sent men to the moon. Communication has changed. We're interconnected in a way that we never were before. And these past couple of weeks of social distancing and self-isolation, they've shown many of us the ways in which we rely on modern technology to supplant what we might have considered in the past as human interaction. The benefits of all this tech are clear to see. But how many of us also feel a burden with our technology? How many wish every once in a while that the phone would just stop buzzing? How many feel an impulse to keep checking for updates and emails and messages? And how many feel that that is somehow tiring us out? And then on a broader frame, how many of us fear for privacy, for the power of corporations or of governments to use our data in ways that coerce and control us? Elon Musk is a striking character because he is at the cutting edge of technological advance, and yet his is an almost prophetic voice of warning about the extremes of where technology might take us. He believes that artificial intelligence will very quickly outmaneuver the human technologists that make it. He fears that we will create things beyond our control and mix that with humanity's long-standing predilection for war and for consuming the Earth's resources, he wants to set up shop on Mars for when things go too far here on Earth. Well, if all that sounds rather outlandish, let me try to ground it somewhere with some familiar words from Jesus. What would Jesus say to Elon Musk? Well, the truth is that I don't know for sure, uh, but I think he would want to affirm something in Musk, and I think he would want to offer something that Musk cannot do. So first, here's the thing that I think he would affirm. We need saving from ourselves. We need saving from ourselves. It's hard not to notice how much of Musk's diagnosis of the human race aligns with what we read in the Bible. The Bible tells us that we are valuable and worth saving. In the Bible's terms, that's because we're created in the image of God himself. And we're capable of fantastic things, like developing tools to keep connected while we're in lockdown from the coronavirus. Every ventilator made, every vaccine developed is the result of human beings using the resources of God's creation to seek to preserve life. There is much to celebrate in human creativity and in technological advance. But it is also true that there is a negative diagnosis too. The human race has worked against God's good order in creation. It is often killed instead of preserving life. Each of us on a daily basis, we live our lives using and misusing the resources of God's creation in ways that directly and indirectly harm others in the world around us. 
And for all of our interconnectedness, we have all too often used the means of digital communication to express what Jesus described as sin, which comes from within the heart, he said, sexual immorality, malice, deceit, envy, slander, arrogance, folly. I could go on, he went on. And that brings us to these words of Jesus in Matthew 11. Because here is Jesus recognizing the value of human beings, but warning that we need saving from ourselves. The context immediately before the verses that I've just read is one of those passages that puts paid to the idea that Jesus is somehow warm and cuddly in contrast to the mean and nasty God of the Old Testament. Matthew 11 from verse 20 tells us that Jesus saw the sin in the cities in the country around him and condemned them for it. He pronounced woes on them. He said they'd had an opportunity to repent of their sin and to trust in him, but they'd chosen to persist in rebellion against him, and so they faced his judgment. He said quite strikingly to Capernaum uh, down there in verse 23, and you, Capernaum, will you be lifted up to the heavens? No, you will go down to Hades. For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Sodom, it would have remained to this day. But I tell you that it will be more bearable for Sodom on the day of judgment than for you. The textbook example of God's judgment against a sinful city. And Jesus says that is what awaits all those who persist in rebellion against him. Will you be lifted up to the heavens? He asks, can you find a hope in reaching out of this world? It's what they tried to do at Babel. He says, no, no, you will go down to Hades, to the place of darkness and of death. You see, for Jesus, the sin of human beings condemns us. It leaves us in need of salvation. We need saving from ourselves. That's something Jesus would affirm. But I think there's something Jesus wants to offer us, which Elon Musk cannot and couldn't for all the money and the technology in the world. It is this. We need a salvation beyond ourselves. We need a salvation beyond ourselves. And there's a great interview with Elon Musk at an event, which you can watch online. Uh, the interview uh, asks him, what kind of political system would he like to see established in his colony on Mars? And then this interviewer, he adds, and what would your title be? To which Musk replies, jokingly, emperor. And then he says, God emperor. And it is a joke, he says as much. But it reveals something very deep about our fallen human nature, doesn't it? Because as we try to build a world in our image, 
we inevitably seek to replace the one who actually made the world and whose authority the world sits under. When we trust in our powers and efforts, in our means of securing our own salvation, we cannot help but depose God and to put ourselves in his place. It's the oldest sin and it's the most pervasive. It is the misguided self-confidence that says to God, it's my life, it's my world, and I'll make the rules here, thank you very much. We might not have a base on Mars, but we all in our own way live as emperor. We try to live as God emperor over our own affairs. And even if you took humanity to Mars, to save us from ourselves. What on earth is stopping the problems we have here coming with us? Even on another planet, we need a salvation that is beyond ourselves. And that's why these words of Jesus in Matthew 11 are such comfort to me and I know are to so many others. It's because he tells us it's okay to be human. It's okay to have limits. It's okay to recognize that it's not in my power that I'm going to be able to put right what is wrong with the world and with myself. I'll exhaust myself if I try. It's okay to be who we were made to be. That is to be little children who approach our Heavenly Father in humble dependence and in pursuit of a lasting peace and rest in him. And listen to what Jesus says from verse 25. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And do you see how Jesus levels the ground here? There's no rich or poor. There's no madcap inventor or concerned consumer. Uh, there's just little children coming to receive for themselves something that they cannot earn for themselves. There's no wisdom in this world that reaches up to God. No innovation or technological advance that can build our way towards salvation. It's not something earned but something received in humility as children. It is grace freely offered, but eternally valuable. And so then that invitation of Jesus, verse 28, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy 
and my burden is light. Here is an offer of true salvation. Rest from all of our striving, peace from all the fear and the anxiety and the searching inside ourselves to build a hope for the future from whatever we find in there. Jesus was talking about the moral things that we do, the works according to the law, which burden us and weigh us down because we weren't able to meet all of the demands that they placed on us in ourselves. We need grace and forgiveness from him for them. And the same stands true of our trust in technology. Late last year, BT ran an advertising campaign that had billboards and newspaper wraparounds announcing technology will save us. It's what many trust in, many hope in. It's a hope out of this world for Elon Musk. But we need saving from ourselves and we need help beyond ourselves. We need the saving work of the Lord Jesus who came to us in grace to offer us what we could not do for ourselves. We needed God to come to us to give himself, to offer himself even unto death in our place to save us from ourselves. A salvation beyond ourselves from God to us in Christ Jesus. Last year was the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 mission and the first landing of humans on the moon. And to mark the occasion, the polling company YouGov put out a survey. They asked the great British public, please imagine that you had the opportunity to travel to the moon and that your safe return to Earth could be guaranteed. Would you want to go to the moon? 43% of people said they would like to go to the moon. 48% said they wouldn't. Uh, For those who didn't want to go to the moon, uh, they were asked why not. 7% said it was too far away, so it would take too long to get there. 11% said that there is not enough to do or see on the moon. And the biggest group, 23%, said that they were just not interested. Now imagine that. Uh, Imagine being offered a trip to the moon with your safety guaranteed and saying, "Mm, no thanks, I'd rather stay at home. I have to say, after all of this self-isolation, I wonder how many would change their minds now. At the moment, I think going for a trip to the shops is exciting. But look, as it is with the moon, so it often is with Jesus. Now, we're offered rest for our souls through life in Christ. And yet so often we'd rather do our own thing and find our own way. Jesus said elsewhere, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Only those who recognize their need will hear and respond to the invitation. Only those who who stoop in humility will come as little children, and will learn the ways of grace in Jesus Christ. When Jesus invites people to receive his rest, 
His target audience is not the smug or the self-satisfied or the self-sufficient. It's not the ones who want to be God emperor. It is rather those who feel burdened and weary, those who know that they're carrying a heavy load to the humble in heart, to the needy listener. Well, these words of Jesus, they are comfort and hope. John Stott said, the very first step to Jesus Christ is the humble step of admitting we need him. In his famous allegory of the Christian faith, The Pilgrim's Progress, John Bunyan wrote about a dream he had of a Christian man who was carrying a very heavy burden. And as I close, let me leave you with these wonderful words describing the rest that is on offer in Jesus. Now I saw in my dream that the highway up which Christian was to go was fenced on either side with a wall that was called salvation. Therefore the burdened Christian ran up this way, but not without great difficulty because of the load on his back. He ran this way till he came to a place that was somewhat ascending. And on that place stood a cross and a little below at the bottom, a tomb. So I saw in my dream that just as Christian came up to the cross, his burden came loose from off his shoulders, fell off his back and began to tumble down the hill. And so it continued to do till it came to the mouth of the tomb. There it fell in and I didn't see it anymore. Then Christian was glad and bright and said with a joyful heart, he has given me rest through his sorrow and life through his death. He stood still for a while to look and wonder, for it was very surprising to him that the sight of the cross should relieve him of his burden in this manner. And so he looked and looked again until the very springs of his eyes sent water running down his cheeks. Let me pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that you haven't left us in dark about who you are and about who we are and about our hope that is outside ourselves and in the Lord Jesus. So may we be those who listen to his words and hear his invitation and come to him for rest and for salvation. We ask it in his precious name. Amen.